Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can create the work we love and the lives we want to live. I think we should love all of it, right? I mean, if if we're going to spend so much time creating and working and building and growing, it should be fun. I think life can be fun. It's not without its challenges, as we all know. But even within those challenges, there are ways to think about our days, way to act within our days that are going to help us respond in a way that leaves us feeling more positive and more optimistic about the future. And today we're talking about one of the things that can get in the way of that. I think there's a solution to this too. And we're talking about procrastination. It can really hold us back, but not in the way you might think. Procrastination actually makes us feel bad about ourselves. And that is the problem. It's not the putting off things as much as the mood that putting off things creates. It makes us feel bad. I'm not a big procrastinator, and yet it's always the same things that I put off, mostly paperwork. Invoicing, bill paying. Oh, this time of year, I'm thinking about taxes. I've got to get those papers together and, and start going through the process of my business taxes. And it always weighs heavily on me. I think about it and just stew about it before I ever sit down and do it. And it's not a surprise, right? It's something that comes every year, sometimes multiple times a year. So I've been thinking about that with the start of the new year. I'm feeling optimistic and excited about some other things I'm creating. But this thing, this tax business is hanging over my head. Um, I'm stewing about it. I'm avoiding it. I want to wait as long as I can. And yet that's not serving me, right? Once I finally do sit down, because I'm good about following the rules and paying on time and all these things. But once I finally do sit down to do the paperwork, I'm amazed at how quickly it really goes. I spend more time worrying about them than I actually spend on the task itself. You know what I'm talking about? I think we all have uh, these places that we put off in our lives, things we don't like, things that make us feel less than, and we avoid them. But by avoiding them, our ego and our mindset and our confidence takes a hit too. So that's what we're talking about today. How can we get over that baloney and push through even on the things we don't feel like it? Um, 
I think about this a lot when it comes to work. I'm a writer. I, I focus mostly on motivation and the psychology of success and how we can rev ourselves up to be more successful in business, to create meaning in our work and our lives. And I also think it's important to understand the factors that might slow us down. Because those obstacles, those things like procrastination can keep us from the things that feel more meaningful and fun and valuable in our lives. And procrastination can also hold an important clue as to the things we should work toward, right? Because if we're putting things off, if we see the patterns of the things we're avoiding, maybe it's because we're headed in the wrong direction altogether. So, the big wigs like Pierce Steele and other uh, psychologists who study the behavior of procrastination say procrastination occurs when you delay something that you believe would be better to start on, but you put it off anyhow. So me and the taxes, right? I know I need to get the taxes done. I know I have a deadline in place. It's an annual thing. And I also understand that it's not going to be as hard as I think. And yet I put it off every year. That is procrastination. About a quarter of us are full-fledged procrastinators. Others, like me, have a number of tasks that we avoid. And at some point in our lives, we all are going to procrastinate on something. It's part of the human nature. It, it happens when we know the task uh, that we have to do, like paying taxes or filing the paperwork, but we don't get started on it. Not because we don't care, but because we lack the confidence or the motivation. For me, that kind of invoicing and bill paying and investment management and tax management, that's harder for me. I'm not as confident about that. I'm certainly not motivated to do it, right? When we perceive a task as difficult, then we're more likely to put it off not because we don't know how to do it, but because we're not sure we can do it well. We're not sure we can perform the job. If you are averse to a task like folding the laundry, writing the technical report, um, we're more likely to be distractible. And that means our motivation takes a hit. And then we're more likely to put it off. Think of me and bookkeeping or my daughter and just about any household chore. <laughs> but it's not about laziness. You're not lazy if you procrastinate. It's more about mood management. Have you heard about this before? I think this is really interesting because when I started thinking about this, the way that Dr. Tim Peichel studies it and talks about it, it made me feel better. Instead of feeling like a slacker when I procrastinated, I realized that it was more about my mood and mindset and that made it easier. So psychologist Tim Peichel, who studies this, and it might be Pitchell, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. I've read all of his journals and so forth, but never met the guy, never heard him speak. So don't know his name pronunciation. But he says we procrastinate because of bad moods. It isn't like some character flaw. You don't procrastinate because you're a lazy person or a bad person. It's not like you have a failure of time management. But procrastination is more a way of coping with our big emotions and our negative moods. Things that can come, things that can be peaked by certain tasks. Like taxes make me bored. They also make me anxious. So that could be one reason. I avoid them because I don't want to feel bored and anxious, right? Procrastination then is a way of coping with 
negative emotions like boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, resentment, self-doubt, all those things and beyond. Pitchell says procrastination is an emotion regulation problem, not a time management problem. And Pitchell studies this as part of the Procrastination Research Group at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. In 2013, he found that procrastination can be understood as the primacy of a short-term mood repair over the longer-term pursuit of intended actions. So what's that mean to me? <laughs> Simply put, procrastination is about being focused on getting out of the negative mood, feeling better, more, that becomes more important than getting on with the task at hand. But we all know what happens then. If we put something off long enough, it starts to cause anxiety in itself. It starts to cause low self-esteem and self-blame and insecurity, right? We think, what's my problem? I'm so lazy. Why didn't I get on with this? Or we start to feel anxious, if you're me. After a while, I just need to get the thing done. Otherwise, it hangs over my head too long. Often, when we're in that state where we put something off, for a certain amount of time, we start to get really down on ourselves. And that actually causes us to procrastinate more. Instead of, of wanting to go through with the task, instead of feeling motivated and good and focused and all the things we need to actually complete the job, we just feel blame. And we tend to do other things to manage that feeling. But one of the responses to procrastination, one of the ways to get through it is to actually treat ourselves with compassion. Dr. Kristen Neff, who I talk about all the time, she's a renowned expert on the power of self-compassion. She says that self-compassion supports motivation and personal growth and actually eases our stress. It can enhance the feelings of self-worth and the other positive emotions. So we're more likely to get busy. If you put something off for an extended period of time, the way through it, the way to get it done isn't to beat up on yourself, isn't self-criticism. It's self-compassion, forgiving yourself. You could do what Neff recommends and sit in that moment and say, hey, I know the taxes stress me out. It stresses a lot of people out. It's time to get to the job and I can handle it. And, and let's just go easy. Let's just work for 15 minutes and make progress that way. That is a much more motivating and calming place than saying, Polly, every year you do this, you put it off to the last minute, blah, blah, blah. Right? That doesn't motivate anyone. So try a little self-compassion next time you feel yourself procrastinating. There's also some new research about procrastination that might just help us get more things done. And I put it to the test around here with my teenage daughter. So how can we overcome procrastination? I'm going to talk to you about what we're trying here in the house right after this. And we're back talking about procrastination or not, really, how to overcome it. You know, when we put off anything too long, it doesn't feel good. And that becomes a burden in itself and keeps us from achieving the other things we need. So I'm looking at these different ways. And what we're learning is that procrastination really is about mood. It's about regulating mood. When we're feeling stressed or anxious, we want to avoid those feelings so we're less likely to take on the task. And deadlines can cause people to feel stressed too. But here's an interesting thing that 
I'm actually trying out around here on myself and and uh, using my teenage daughter as a little guinea pig. New research from Otago University talks about the value in managing deadlines. And I'm big on deadline. My whole life is a deadline, right? I'm a writer. I need to get things in by a certain date. I have edits that have to be in by a certain date. This podcast has to post on the Tuesdays. So I really work from, oh, this has to be out by two o'clock, right? But when... I give a deadline to my daughter, she's more likely to get the job done too. And yet when she has a longer term project and I give her a deadline like to clean out the drawer by the end of the week, it almost never gets done. And I discovered by, by watching this and by reading this research that I do the same thing. I'm very, very good with immediate or short deadlines. I may feel frantic, but I get the job done and I do it well. But if you give me a book deadline in six months, I freak out a little bit. I fret about it. I stew about it. I take running starts and then drop it for a while. I have a hard time making meaningful progress until the deadline gets a whole lot closer. So more time does not help me get the job done. According to research, that's true for many of us. This was a surprise to me. According to the business school at Otago University, the length of time you have to complete a task determines whether you procrastinate or get it done faster. Professor Stephen Knowles and others were looking about how to motivate people to give money to charities more effectively. So here's the study they did. They took a group of participants, asked them to take an online survey. When the participants finished the survey, a donation was given to a charity. One group was given a week to do the task. Another had a month. To finish the survey, the third had no deadline at all. Who do you think raised the most money? Well, it wasn't the folks who had the most time to answer the questions. The group with the whole month had the lowest response. The group with a one-week deadline had a lot of rapid responses. But it was the group with no deadline at all that outperformed everyone else. This was a surprise to me. It seems counterintuitive. But here's what research is showing. If you want someone to get something done, at work, at home, if you want to get yourself motivated, it's best not to set a deadline. The psychologists have found that a one-month deadline removes the urgency to act, and people think, oh, I can get to it later, and then they forget about it or put it off and don't get it done at all. But when no deadline is evolved, people assume that they will either forget to do it, so they jump on it right away, or they make the assumption that the response is needed right away. So they get it done. This got me wondering, does that work in my own business? Could that work around the house? I have the sense that when something comes into me, I need to tackle it faster because otherwise I'll forget or I'll put it off and I'll hang over my head. So I just get to it right away. That's absolutely true for me. When I don't have any deadline at all, I tend to do it faster. And I tested the theory around here with my 15-year-old daughter. She is a natural teen avoider. Understandably, right? It's kind of her job to avoid the things her mom wants to do. So I've, you know, I've wind up talking, nagging, begging, threatening, putting a strict deadline in, putting serious consequences in, putting no consequences at all. This time I did none of it. I was sweeping the floor. She was texting friends. And I said, hey, would you please fold the laundry? And then I just went about my business. I went back to work in my office, did my writing. A couple hours later, 
the laundry was folded and on my dresser. Are you kidding me? It's faster than ever before. <laughs> Maybe it was a one-off, but I've been practicing with this ever since. And I'm doing it too. I started looking at my to-do list in a new way. You know, I always talk about putting the three essentials on your daily to-do list. And I still stand by that. Usually there's only one or two things that really have to be done. So those are the things I put on my to-do list to avoid being overwhelmed by all the stuff I'd like to accomplish in the week. So what I did is I've now adjusted to put the three, two or three essentials on my to-do list every day. Those are the things I have to get done no matter. And I have no problem keeping those up. But rather than just like loading up my list with other daily deadlines and tasks, I wrote a list of the other things I wanted to accomplish. I didn't say for the week or for the month or for the year. I just wrote another list of things that I wanted to get done. Due dates are open-ended. So they felt like more ideas. And you know what happened? Whenever I'd have a little gap of time between the essentials that I had to get done, I found myself going back to that list. Some were complicated, some were simple, quick things I could do in a minute. But they were just there. If I had a break of time and I, I felt the energy, I just went to them and I got a whole lot more done without the pressure of saying, oh, this has to be done by Friday or this has to be done by the end of January. I just naturally gravitated to that list. I felt more pressure because I knew that they didn't have to be done right away, but I didn't want to forget about them either. Much to my surprise, I found myself less likely to put things off and more motivated to do the things that were on that list when I knew they didn't even necessarily have to get done, right? I'm still working on this, but one thing I think really helped me is that by accomplishing these other things, as well as the essentials, I had a bunch of small wins throughout the day or the week uh, or whatever. I mean, sometimes the, the other thing that was on my list were the bills that had to be paid sometime this month, right? Sometimes it was folding the laundry or scheduling the dog allergy shot. Those things often get put off my list because I just, I just don't like talking on the phone. I don't like the hassle of going through the calendar and all of that. So those things, I always have to really have a heavy hand. You must do this by, I didn't treat it that way. I just put them on the list so I wouldn't forget them, a separate section away from my essentials. When I had a gap in the day, I came back to them. I felt so good at the end because that gave me a small win. Remember when we talked about this research by uh, Teresa Amabal? She talks about the importance of tackling small tasks and celebrating those because when we do show incremental progress, we're more motivated for the next thing. And I really felt like this uh, this approach by not invoking deadlines and just knowing what needed to be accomplished and tackling them whenever I felt like it really helped me get things done faster and helped me feel better about what I was doing. So try it, right? Have in the back of your mind or some list that you make of some things you'd really like to get to. Don't impose a deadline. Don't put pressure on yourself. Focus on the essentials that have to get done in the day and then and then see what happens with the others. And each time you knock one of those things off your list, celebrate a little bit. Note the small win, the incremental progress, and that'll carry on to this other thing. Another thing I do when I'm feeling really uh, like I don't want to get into a task or the task feels really hard, I use what's called the Pomodoro method. This is just a method of setting a timer and working to the end of that boundary, taking a five-minute break and coming back. So I will just say, okay, 
I know I don't want to do this. I can do anything for 20 minutes. I'll set the timer for 20 minutes. And almost always what happens is I get into the process then. Um, after about five minutes, I'm totally sucked in and it doesn't feel so arduous. So that's another thing I do when I find myself not wanting to take on a task or avoiding a task. So think about that today. Simply start, choose a task that you've wanted to complete. You want to get that proposal done or make that cold call or start your exercise program or draft the marketing plan or schedule the flu shot, whatever it is, clean the silverware drawer. Goodness gracious, I need to get to the silverware drawer. Whatever it is, simply start today by choosing a task you want to complete. Then Write down the list of three essential things that must be completed today or tomorrow or this week, whenever you're doing it, and plop it on the list next to the other things you might want to get done. And just kind of let them squirm in the back of your mind, hold them, and see if this low-pressure approach helps you get the essentials done, but also maybe one or two of the other things you've had shaken around in there. Because remember, you don't have to do them, right? You can get to them whenever you want. And I will tell you what, that counterintuitive mindset has totally helped me get a few more things done that I've been putting off for a little bit. So that brings us to the Simply Nifty segment. Today, check out the show description for an article that includes the science I'm talking about here. So you can find links to that and other information if you want to pursue this. I wrote an article about it. Uh, for psychology today, and it's called, Could This Be a Way to Beat Procrastination in 2022? So if you want more details, I think it's simply nifty. It's an interesting approach. Check it out in the show description for this episode. And there's a comprehensive piece in the New York Times from a couple of years back that I also think is was worth checking out. I'll put the link in the show description. Of course, you can find more about me and my work at polycampbell.com. I'm on Twitter at PL Campbell, Facebook, Polly Campbell author. You join our community there. We talk about fun things and we have shouty Thursday. So come on aboard for that. And I'm offering some essays on Substack. We cover the psychology of success and the way I bring it into my personal life and my own experience, the ups and downs of it all. It's on Substack. It's called Polly Campbell Simply Said. You can find out more about that at polycampbell.com too. If you've got something that needs to get done, something that is worth doing, remember that avoiding the task only helps you avoid bad feelings for the moment. Over time, though, it causes greater distress, upset, fatigue, worry, anxiety. Instead, put one of those things on your to-do list the moment you think about it. Remember the times when you've successfully completed the same job. I have successfully done the taxes properly every year not ended up in jail, hit the deadline. So I have some positive track record and I bet you do too. Remember the times when you've successfully completed the same job you're taking on now and see if that reminder will help you feel less pressure and create better environment to get the job done. When we get to the things that have been hanging over us and finish them up, not only do we feel more motivated and more productive going forward, but we will all live well, do good and be happy. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. 
With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electrocast.com and join our community today. Electrocast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.